They say you shouldn't meet your heroes. I suppose in some cases that might be true because most people don't always live up to your expectations. But one Yosemite climber in particular, one of my heroes, let me know right up front that he's just a regular guy. My name is Ron Kalk and I'm a human being. Ron Kalk is one of the best known climbers in Yosemite Valley. He was among that early generation of big wall pioneers that set the standards and established the major routes that are still popular today. Since 1974, he's been a regular in the Yosemite climbing community, having made the first free ascent of Washington Column in 1975 with John Long and John Basher. Calgary named the route Astroman, and it became the most challenging climb in the valley for more than 10 years. On a joy trip out to the West Coast this summer, I had the chance to meet Calc and talk to him about his younger days in Yosemite. Well, for me, it was like entering this incredible world of granite and rivers and trees and, and this interesting like-minded group of rock climbers in this place we're sitting in, which is Camp 4. And it was so colorful and so energized with this enthusiasm to climb, but also live simply to think that you could walk in and feel so comfortable and belong to this group and inspire each other just out here on these boulders that we can see from this bench here or these bigger walls eventually once you learn the fundamentals. It's been more than 30 years and Calc is still climbing in Yosemite. With a life philosophy that includes a deep and abiding appreciation for nature, he continues to inspire young people through a nonprofit called Sacred Rock. Making the connection between spirituality and the preservation of wild places, he's taking the sport of rock climbing to a whole new level. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. You started off with a 20-day backpacking trip. It was in the early 70s. Tell right. me a little bit about that. When I was 14 years old, the high school that I was attending in the San Francisco Bay Area brought us up to the northern part of Yosemite for 20-day backpacking trip. And during those 20 days, they gave us three days by ourselves, which I say is probably the best classroom that I was ever in. I was just loving it. My own tent, my own campfire, boulders to play around on. Also on that trip, one of our coaches set up a bunch of top ropes for us and there was one climb in particular nobody was making so he bet anybody a milkshake for the fun of it and I won that milkshake off him. I always bring that up because as a youngster when an adult kind of a nurturing adult that you respect and then he makes this little bet with you not that it was to be so exaggerated in sense of challenge but kind of fun too because I, I realize this more than ever adults are really important to youth well, I don't know what it is. It's just something about community and family or whatever that ties us together. It shows a direction. It can set a course for a youngster, and that's what that coach did for us. So from there, you spent a lot of time here in Camp 4 and set some pretty groundbreaking first ascents in rock climbing with guys like John Long. Yeah. What was happening then that inspire you to do that type of climbing so long ago that people are still talking about today. Right. Well, that timing is probably everything, as they say. And in this case, going back to that 20-day backpacking trip and feeling so excited to start to get to know myself a little bit better, like I, I had a, um, 
a connection to this idea of climbing. So once I was able to continue going that direction, it started to pick itself up pretty quick. Like that's what's so interesting about being that age, 14, 15, 16, because you really are like a sponge. You're soaking up everything because I think your senses are pretty open still in your youthfulness. And so you can adapt and learn really quickly. So my enthusiasm was really high end and watching these climbers and, and learning from them and, and reading everything about Yosemite just put me in the right place at the right time and these climbs showed up too because all the climbs that were done before we got here were what we were set up with so that by the time I was going up some of us well John Long John Bagger myself doing Astro Man we were completely ready for it. like on site at every pitch that I tried and I think that's really not a thing to brag about but just to marvel at the fact that you were conditioned perfectly for that climb that was waiting at that time and it's so monumental in its beauty and, and some people have thought maybe it's the best rock climb in the world, you know, of that height and difficulty. So it's it's really an interesting thing. Based on conversations that I've had with you previously and having seen your film, The Climber's Journey, it seems to me that you've taken kind of a more of a spiritual track towards your climbing. I mean, you're still living right here in Yosemite Valley, apparently climbing a lot. What fills your days now? Well... You know, this word spiritual is interesting because like my one friend said, he thought the fact that we were just alive meant we were spiritual. So we've created a lot of separation from things and our language is a little tricky. So I just think that the timing that I started, it was very simple and it wasn't too much of a mainstream sport. So I think the foundation or the seeds that uh, were putting us to grow kept that context of simplicity and connection to nature. So it's just kept rolling and unfolding with that kind of philosophy, if you will. And so my days now are filled with the continuing commitment to harmonizing with the area and myself, to harmonize with the rock through breathing and, and the sensation of how much grip do I really need to hang on. So it just keeps getting more and more interesting. Now, you're still pretty fit right now. How much climbing are you actually doing now? You know, it's funny because um, I, I climb probably four times a week, you know, on average. And sometimes I'm pushing a little harder and sometimes not so much, just doing a lot of, of moving, you might call it, or, or practicing. But, but really what's kind of fun for me now is I've adjusted my mind to just think I'm practicing. I, I'm just, it's a practice for me. So that's kind of changed the, the direction of always trying to push it to the actual limit of my physical ability, but more go into the idea again of harmonizing myself with the environment, if you will, or with the natural surroundings and getting more of a relationship. Because what I'm trying to understand now is, is the idea of building a relationship to relate to something or to commune with something and communicate it is what this nonprofit Sacred Rock is all about that we've started out taking kids our, our own selves. So part of what I do now is to try to understand in my own way what is the interpretation of nature? What is the human connection to nature and the reality of that? You know, I think you might have anticipated my next question because you had mentioned earlier in this conversation that the influence of adults is important right. for guiding youth into life. Tell me a little bit more about Sacred Rock and the organization that is getting urban youth in the Central Valley out in the outdoors and climbing. Right. Well, if I can step back just for a moment Please. with the Return to Balance Climber's Journey film, I had you know, I've been in other films in the 80s, Masters of Stone or whatever else along the way that were more high end, sort of extreme. And even when I look at them now, it almost feels like we were just kind of showing off. Not that we really were meaning to, sure. but it was very focused on the, the athletic ability. So eventually I was thinking, you know, it'd be nice to do something a little mellower, a little slower, just to kind of 
you know, uh, balance out the whole idea of climbing films or climbing in nature and all that. So I had met this guy, Sterling Johnson, at Yosemite Lodge, and then we got together and did this project, which started to open up the, the idea of like, wow, there, there's kind of another story here. And, and, and what a neat thing to be collaborating with somebody of his ability in photography and editing and have the freedom to say what you want and, and get to the age and maturity of saying it's important to share how we feel. I love the idea of collaborating with people. So a friend of mine that's moved on from Yosemite and become the chief ranger of all the parks, Steve Shackleton, he introduced me to this guy, Kenji Hakuda, who was the, the, the dean of UC Merced, getting it going. And he said, you really got to meet this guy, Kenji. So we met and we started talking. We were just walking up a trail here in Yosemite up to the old inspiration point. It's about a mile long walk and you can get to the top of that and look out and see this beautiful view of Yosemite. And we were talking about kids, kind of like we're having this conversation now with no real thought about what we were trying to get to. But we, we both came up with the idea, but wouldn't it be great just to walk kids up to this point and they could turn around and see this for themselves? Turned out his wife worked with the social service. So within a few months, we had like 15 foster kids walking up that trail. And then within four months, we had a nonprofit because we just got the right group of people together that could understand what we were all trying to say. And uh, so that just kind of took off. What does the future hold for you? I mean, I, it sounds like you've got a lot of really great things going. I mean, is it just going to be more of the same? Or do you have any more life's ambitions of things that you have yet to accomplish? Yeah, I think it, in living in the beauty of Yosemite and following the seasons and the changes and, and the timing of this life, it's really nice to keep moving with this mystery, but understand that if we creatively engage, we can attract things, whether it be people or feelings or thoughts or connections to whatever. And so I'm just going to keep working on these connections with good people and work on a language rewrite of what does it mean to learn from nature? You know, what does it mean to be educated as a human being? What is higher education? And how do we get back to common sense or inspire our senses? You know, and that's what's all being told here uh, every day in Yosemite. So it's kind of my challenge, if you will, or, you know, all the philosophies or experiences and learning to, to pull from one hole to the next and see if you can do it and find solutions to these kind of, we call boulder problems, for example. I think it becomes symbolic lessons to try to find a way to navigate through this society now that's in a very low place for its reality and connection to our life source, which is nature. You can't argue with the sun and the moon and the air and the water. These are things that we need to be healthy. So I think my, my kind of fun uh, adventure now in this life is to participate in the healing so that we can bring this world back into balance. And we need to start with ourselves, bring the medicine, we call it, so we can think clearly and become uh, have more appreciation for the basics, food, water, shelter. Climbing El Capitan at 17 years old was bringing these ideas out right then. You bring everything in a haul bag, your food, your water, shelter, and respect and your skills to survive. And like they've said before, all this is based on survival. So if we look at our society and think, how do we want to participate in this idea of helping, healing, mending? Well, we all have some opportunity to do something. So you and I talking is, is part of that something. Ron Count shares his love of climbing just about every Friday and Saturday night through the summer season at the Yosemite Theater in the Yosemite Valley. There you can see the film Return to Balance, A Climber's Journey. And you can learn more about Count's work connecting kids with nature online at Sacred Rock, and rock is spelled R-O-K dot O-R-G. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Music this week by Eric Garcia and Jake Shimobukuro. Head up to the Patagonia Music Collective, and there you can download this song called Less Cowbell, More Ukulele. 
Proceeds from your purchase go to support the Kakua Hawaii Foundation, a nonprofit working to clear away plastic from our oceans and beaches. You can support other performing artists and their philanthropic causes. Just hit the video and music tab at patagonia.com. Thanks for listening, but you know, we want to hear from you. So please drop us a note with your questions, comments, and criticisms to info at joytripproject.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>